PCA Conversations with Black Voices. Welcome to Between the Pew. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. AAM exists to provide ways to support African Americans within the Presbyterian Church in America. What is good between the Pew fam and welcome to another special bonus episode of Between the Pew. Yeah. I'm Janelle Chavis and I got a whole bunch of folk on the mic with me tonight, y'all. We got Charles McKnight on the mic. What's good, bro? Yo, 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 yo. What's going on? Howard Brown's with us. How you doing, Pastor Brown? It is, sister. <laughs> we got his um his his rib, Kelly Brown with us. What's good, sis? Hey girl, hey. And y'all get this. We got Y Plummer with us joining us tonight. So listeners, you know, we actually record these episodes at night. So why this might be past the time. Oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, it's close. You might be wanting to catch some Z's right now Oops. as they say. How you feeling tonight, Y? I'm doing really good. Feeling great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good to see y'all tonight. How y'all doing? We all right. Okay, okay. Everybody all right. Y'all keep yeah. on pushing. Gotta keep on pushing. Look, it. it's hot outside. It's we too all, hot. We it's, all live pretty, you know, we all live in the South, so it's hot outside. It's hot. It's like... Hot and muggy. Hot. It, yeah. Hot I and sticky. Yeah, I ain't even We call it that. hot and sticky. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's uh this is um it's heck hot outside there we go there we you go mean, you try to say hella hot oh ooh, we, I, look I, y'all we did not pay for the explicit package that's what i'm saying for this podcast I we ain't pay for that <laughs> i think it's in the bible if that was explicit we in bad trouble yeah. <laughs> isn't that in the bible somewhere i don't know if hella hot is in the bible <laughs> nah i mean dmx said Oh, sorry. All right. DMX <laughs> is not authorized <laughs> we, quoting we DMX, material. Hey, right. hey, that might hey. actually take us to the. Uh... <laughs> Man, DMX can outpray a lot of people. Sitting Listen, I would, DMX on. can pray for me. I don't know where he at right now, but he can pray for me. Yeah. Well, look. How, okay, team. Let me let me set this this episode up. So. As some of the listeners may know, the PCA's General Assembly was last week, or really by the time this episode gets aired, it'll be two weeks ago. And for those of you who may not know what GA is, is basically this big old annual business meeting for elders in our denomination. So while at GA, AAM had the opportunity to do some things, y'all. We had a tasty staff dinner uh, to honor why, and I'll tell y'all why we honored why in just a moment. We had a mix and mingle for our Black brothers and sisters who were in attendance. We had mm-hmm. a fundraiser that we are we were really blessed uh, to 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 be at and to see. Um, we heard from our good brother, the Reverend Howard Brown. He spoke at a seminar. We heard from Reverend Elbert McGowan of Jackson, Mississippi. He brought a good word for us. We heard from Reverend Russ Whitfield, who brought the heat. And um, we even got to hear from the Reverend Dr. Irwin Entz at the M&A lunch. So we got to we got to hear and be a part of a lot of things at GA. But one of my 
most favorite moments of General Assembly was the AAM seminar that we entitled Black Church. Question Question mark. mark. Question mark. (laughs) Black Church. Uh, And during that seminar, we got to hear from Sister Kelly. We heard from Howard. We heard from Charles. And it was also during that seminar that we had the opportunity to show love and appreciation and just acknowledge our dear, dear leader, Y. Plummer, after 20 faithful, dynamic, encouraging, transformative years of service. Y is stepping away from his role with African American Ministries. But before we let him leave, we want to hear from him. So uh, here at Between the Pew, we thought it might be appropriate to get Y on the mic before we see him off to another space where he can exercise his gifts. And uh, in this episode, we also want to let our listeners hear from Charles McKnight and his brand new role with AAM. And we want to close out by allowing you guys to hear from Howard and Kelly and the exciting church plant that's a cooking and a brewing in the ATL, right? So can we do all that? Are y'all ready, fam? Yeah, man. Ready. Let's give it a try. Let's give it <laughs> okay. a try. Let's all get right. it. Let's get this going. So first, why? 20 years is a long time. And while you might over look 20 at, years. Over 20 years. That's how, how many years exactly? I started August 2000. That's 22 years, August. 22 years. Mm-hmm. So over 22, over 20 years of service. You know, you might look it, but you're not 22 years old. So you had things going on before you came to AAM. So uh, tell us how you became the coordinator of AAM. Give us a glimpse of the sequence of events that brought you to your current position. Well, I've been ordained in the PCA since 1995 when I pastored a church in Baltimore. I discovered very quickly that um, I wasn't suitable. It wasn't the gift. It wasn't the thing that that, that I was gifted at. And so I resigned in 1999 uh, close to 2000. And um, I was actually being interviewed for a position uh, to come to, to, to be uh, the executive pastor of Redemption Fellowship. And um, subsequent to that, well, that uh, something happened so that I didn't become the executive pastor at that church. But the pastor of that church was the African-American movement leader, and his name was uh, Lewis Wilson, and he was the first African-American movement leader. Uh, but some things occurred in that year, in 2000, which required uh, him to resign from that position. Uh, that left an opening in that position, and I got a call from uh, Jim Bland and Fred Marsh asking if I wanted to be the coordinator. Kind of took me by surprise. I felt I felt ill-equipped uh, to lead African Americans, but uh, felt that God had called me to do it and accepted the position, and started promptly there in August of uh, 2000. I'll never forget my I'll, I'll never forget when when I started there and began uh, my uh, tour of duty, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you said you didn't feel equipped to lead African Americans, and you've talked about this before. But why you say that? Why? 
I'm kind of a nerd. <laughs> I grew up in Harlem and I always felt out of place. Like I was the I was the kid who wasn't the cool kids along with all the other cool black kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I went to a historical black college. I went to Howard University to kind of get black in a sense, if you want to use that expression. <laughs> in the sense that I wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to fit in. I didn't even fit in at Howard University, began to work at IBM as an engineer. And um didn't have very many friends then, and I just never quite fit, fit in as leader. I was always m- more of a follower than I was a leader. So that's why I said I didn't feel like I should be leading this movement. So you didn't feel Black enough? So to speak, I didn't feel Black enough, and my wife tells me to this day, why you ain't Black? Oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Well, she teases me with that. Uh, it um, creates a, an interesting tension in our marriage. Well, yeah, you, that's, that's, you a, get, go ahead. that's a little bit of teasing that happens between our in our people group, y'all, mm-hmm. among, among our ethnic folk. And so don't try it. <laughs> oh God! Please don't try it. Don't try it. I don't think you're Black Howard. I think you're. I wish you would. Or, 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 or something like that. L- let us have that discussion. But it does happen. Why? So I know. I, I understand your insecurity, my brother. Why yeah, we think you're Black enough? You black. That's right. There's lots of different enough. types of Black. There's yeah. lots we, of different types of Black. That we have you know to. This. We have to remember that because <laughs> I think whites have approached me in the PCA have said, "Why you're not." You're, you're not black, which they thought was a compliment. Mm. Which wow. was really a slap in the Wow, face. what a nope. racist statement. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> No, uh, dog. That... Or why you're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another oh, thing. Oh, oh, oh you get, you're, you're so articulate. Why? You're sharp. Mm, He's a wow. sharp guy. All this is good. This is good. We're going to move on. Though. You're not as black as the other black <laughs> Janelle, people. What are we supposed to be talking about? What are we supposed to be talking about? We're talking about why experience. So why grew up as a sharp? Black guy, articulate. Okay, we get it. He's one. He's one of the good ones. One of the good ones. <laughs> y'all get it. And Charles Quit talking to go, code. He y'all. gonna, go, he gonna feed code. right yeah, on into it. Code. Yeah, because uh, I'm an instigator. <laughs> well, let's let's swing let's swing back on around. So, why you told us kind of how you first became coordinator of AAM? Now, overall, what has what has your experience been like? As the coordinator of African American, it's been a, it's been an incredibly positive experience. It's probably one of the mm. best experiences in my life mm. to see young people in seminary move go on uh, to, to 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 be ordained uh, in this denomination. To feel the Holy Spirit moving them in that direction because that was my recruiting strategy. Prime, my primary job was recruiting African Americans into the denominations through Covenant Seminary. I'd visit Westminster. Seminary or Reformed Theological Seminary. And I even went down to Dallas and other places until they said, well, you know, I don't think you belong here at Dallas Theological mm-hmm. Seminary. But my, it's a joy to see um, young men move in the direction that the Holy Spirit is moving them. Because often they would ask, why should I come into the PCA? Mm-hmm. And my pitch was, if God is not moving you to do this, I don't think you belong here. And sure enough, many of them moved into the PCA because God moved them there. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably safe to say that of the current uh, roster of Black TEs, you've probably seen what, 90, 95% of those guys? I I, I know mm. virtually that, that we have 63 African-American teaching elders in the PCA today. And I know, I, I know all of them. 
And uh, there are those who are no longer in the PCA for various reasons. And right. there's about 15 of those, and I know all of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've seen all of these men come in over the years. Are there any, you don't have to say names unless you want to, but I'm just curious as you, as you stroll down memory lane and you think about all the guys who either told you, no, no way I'm going to the PCA or whatever, anybody's experience that you saw happen or, or conversation with them stick out in your mind? Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking of one young man who came to the very first LDR, and he knows who he is. All right. And he never thought he would be Presbyterian. Mm. <laughs> it is it is a it is it is funny to, to to even talk to him today about the fact that he resisted my advances and, and conversation about the PCS. And he said, no way. He grew up Baptist and he wasn't gonna come, he wasn't gonna deal with this. And the next thing I know, he's uh He's being ordained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give too many hints of who he is. He, no, don't he knows me. who he is. He mm-hmm. knows who he is. Mm-hmm. That's awesome to have seen that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking about like the different people that I've talked to, like the different teaching or ruling elders that I've talked to and they're black in the PCA. And I feel like especially the young one, younger ones are the ones that are, are on track to get ordained. It seems like every single one of them has said, that one of the first conversations with anybody black in the PCA was with Y Plummer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fact that you are, you know, basically like at you've been standing at the gate, uh, you know, of the PCA for a lot of these black brothers is just, yeah, that's just like, that's just fascinating to me. And it's like super mm-hmm. encouraging to me that, you know, your name is, is, is coming across the lips of all those guys and, and how, you know, you've been the first person that they've talked to and that they're here now. So you must've done something, yeah. you know, yeah. you've, done, yeah. you've done something right. You've done something right. So um, I, I can't, I can only imagine t- 22 years working in, in this, this capacity in this world. I can only imagine that you may have identified some areas in your life personally, where this role has shaped you and in a personal way could you could you speak on that a little about how um, your experience as coordinator of AAM has impacted you at a personal level I think at a personal level it has helped me understand who I am and how God has shaped me right um, more than more than anything else just kind of interacting with people seeing the kind of the natural way that I was able to interact with people it, it didn't feel like work and mm. so it has helped me to identify even my transition into a role as a coach, that that's something that I've been doing all along and moving into coaching might be the most natural thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Why you? Most, uh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Finish that thought. I was just, I was, another thing I've discovered uh, is that I'm a mediator. I, I'm, I'm mm. in the, I'm often yep. in the middle between yeah. black and white people. You're a bridge builder. <laughs> Definitely. You're a bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was going to bring out that a lot of people see you more as the face of AAM connecting new younger leaders with the PCA with, you know, AAM, but a lot of people don't realize all you do behind the scenes with m because AAM is actually a ministry of m missions to mission to North America and you do some other stuff behind the scenes that I don't know if people really are aware 
of that you do. So talk about some of the stuff you do for for on the MA side. Mm-hmm. On the MA side, I, I have often a function as um uh in our assessment center, uh, assessing uh church planters and going we used to have five assessments a year and I used to be at every single uh, uh assessment uh mm-hmm. assessing what church planters. So I know many why was why was it our assessment? Wow. Oh that's right, I was there, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20 over 20 some odd years. Yeah. Uh, I also represent uh, M&A on various committees. I'm on the Covenant uh, Seminary uh, uh, Advisory uh, Committee. I'm on the Mission to North America uh, Committee, uh, and they meet a couple of times a year. So I represent uh, M&A in various roles in the PCA. And I'm also a mediator in the sense that people call me up with questions that they want to ask about uh, African-American and the ministry and Mm -hmm. how do we build bridges uh, I, I've also been called as a, in, a, in a role to do intercultural development uh, with a, with an academy with with, mm-hmm. with a private uh, Christian school um, in Nashville. So I've played various roles in addition to being uh, being AAM uh, coordinator. Mm-hmm. And you 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 didn't talk about your your IDI stuff. Oh, the IDI is the intercultural development uh, inventory. is an instrument that that. Um, that we have used as part of our assessment of church planters to help them become uh, a, a more uh, interculturally um, intelligent uh, about relating to other cultures. And uh, I got into this, I became a certified uh, trainer or um, um, IDI uh, technical associate uh, but in, in 2017, as part of church church planting, and uh, have been doing that work with this academy for a number of years to help them uh, move uh, along and become more culturally uh, more culturally aware. I've been doing working with this academy for about three years now, mm-hmm. m- moving to my fourth year. Mm-hmm. So, just for those who don't know, why, why does a lot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Holding it down. He sure does. So why? You have seen so much over the course of your service and it just makes, because you're just a wealth of knowledge and listeners, y'all don't know this, but if there's any history question in the PCA that we have at staff meetings or whatever, everybody just like turning and looking at why, because he just has just, he just knows it all as it concerns um, PCA history and Black folk been in around the PCA. The You've, but that's so valuable. That is that yeah, is that you can't re, you know you can't replace that, and you can't put a price tag on it. So you have seen a lot. You've seen a lot of growth. So I wanted I have a two for for you. Why one? What what are some areas of growth as it concerns Black people in the PCA that you think is worth mentioning right now in this episode um, that you are particularly encouraged by, and also along with that, what what kind of encouragement or even advice could you give to younger black brothers and sisters in the PCA as you are transitioning out of your role and other other folk are stepping in or other people are just considering you know PCA or just following our the PCA circles so yes those two growth well, in terms of growth of course i've seen the growth in the um in a number of African-American uh, pastors in the PCA going from about 15 when I started to now 63. So I, I've seen a steady growth in that. Uh, I've seen a growth in the um, 
um, in the presence of uh, African-Americans uh, within our RUF ministry on historical black campuses. When I started, there were none. Albert McGowan was the first, and I can't remember when he started, around 2008. 2000 yeah. 2008, or 10, something like that, uh, Albert started. So I'm very, uh, very encouraged by that. Uh, the expansion of this ministry to include not just teaching elders and not just men, but including congregants, that is a significant area of growth. And mm. I can remember early on how I had a parishioner asking me, what about the rest of us? How does how does this ministry minister to, to the people who sit in the pew? And I had no answers for him at the time, but God had an answer, which he began to uh, develop when uh, we brought Deneen on in uh, 2018. And then um, this team on in 2020, in 2020, when the team came on. So that's an area of growth. Um, I'm encouraged by the presence of, of, of people like Howard and Kelly, who I met early on, Kevin Smith, uh, Carl Ellis. Uh, very encouraged when Mike Campbell went to Jackson, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I was so in disbelief that he would go there that I, <laughs> I told him that if Mike Campbell moves to Jackson, I will move to Jackson. I have what? never, I have never forgotten that because I'm reminded of it. I said, you broke a vow because you haven't moved to Jackson, Mississippi yet. Uh -oh. Wow. Uh -oh. uh, to, to restart, to start Redeemer. Redeemer Church, and I think that was uh, that was early in 2005 or six or something mm. like that. Um, I'm encouraged by the LDR, uh, how it started, yeah. a, a non-conference, a gathering, a handful of uh, of, of seminary students um, in 2011. Uh, didn't think it was going to turn into anything, and it's now an annual event. Thanks to the gifts of other people that encouraged its development and lend it to its growth and, and development. Now it's a full-fledged right. uh, conference. Mm -hmm. right. uh, mm -hmm. I am so encouraged by the presence of Cyril Chavis mm. <laughs> on Harvard University campus. I never thought I would see the PCA at Howard University. Mm. But I am encouraged by his presence. I'm also encouraged by um, by, by what he has done. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm encouraged by Urban Ince being the uh, first African-American um, coordinator right. of a major agency. Yeah. Uh, the major agency. Of the, of the shout out. Uh, that is an incredible uh, shout out. Uh, so uh, I don't know if that's answered to all your questions, but um, Perfectly. I God is doing something so special here. Uh, and, and if we would just be patient and let God do his thing, he will do it in his time. I believe that God is facilitating an indigenous reform movement in the African-American community. Mm. Carl Ellis gave me that uh, vision in 1984 mm. when I met him. Mm -hmm. And it is still the vision, and I see it materializing. Mm, wow. uh, and even in this, and even in the team that God has uh, has uh, grown here among um, among the AAM team, and even mm -hmm. e even in growing uh, someone like Charles <laughs> Charles McKnight, who I met years ago through an email. 
wow. <laughs> introduced himself. And he was just coming to Charlotte at the time. Had no idea that one day he was going to become mm-hmm. uh, the coordinator mm-hmm. of this. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes. Why, so, you still, why, you still got that email? I still got that email. <laughs> I still got it. It's still dated. I think you said you were 23 years old. I can't. Yeah, oh, right. Just the youngin. You hey. hey. boy was still green. I was, little, I was still a little PYT. Pull it up while let's read it on air. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> let's let's see what Charles has I to say. My email, so I got I got the stuff way back. Boy, so hold on, with Kelly. How old is Harrison? Twenty. Twenty years old. Just three years older than him. Yeah, wow. that's right. That's right. He just, wow, that's nuts. <laughs> Harrison is their oldest son. Yeah, I, I, folks don't know. That's good. Oh, man. That's crazy. Okay. So, why, ministry. based off of what you've just shared and what you've kind of seen and the growth and just those encouraging moments, wh- what do you have for us? What, what kind of advice would you give to the next generation of Black folk in the PCA? What do you, um, what, yeah, what kind of believe advice do you give? B- believe in God, believe in Jesus. Uh, it, it's sometimes it can it, we can get cynical and it can sound hokey, mm. and you know it, it's easy to kind of discount and to rely on our intellect instead of relying on. We, we do that in the PCA. We tend to mm. rely on our intellect. We read a lot and Say we that, talk man. a lot, but we have really got to got to be a repentant people who mm. believe in prayer. Mm-hmm. And and who believe that Jesus Jesus is the Savior, yeah. and we're dependent upon Him. We're dependent upon upon the Holy Spirit because I believe that God is doing something. Yes. I, I, I want to see a Black Presbyterian movement, quite frankly, mm-hmm. like the AME. Yes, <laughs> I want to see yes. see that happen. I see God putting the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's a beautiful thing. So, why I want you to tell us next. Uh, let everybody know where you're going and what you're going to be doing. But before you do that, I just want to share a little bit about why and Shirley um, and our years and years of friendship and then joining the staff. So why and Shirley would often come and spend um, Christmas Eve with us. They would come to the house and Mm. uh, I found this, um, I don't even know what that little thing is called. And oh, a flash drive. That's what it's called. I forgot about those. I found a flash drive when I was cleaning up one day, plugged it in. And there are Christmas photos when the boys were little with Y and Shirley sitting on our little our ugly oh. little raggedy couch from like, I don't know, must be 08, 09, something like that. Yeah, you'll have a pull-out couch that me and Shirley slept on. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and, and the DJ boys, and Michael. The boys came right there. <laughs> yep, Good and um, I remember um, every time we were at a different location, a different call, Why was always there, if not one of the presenters, one of the people who did the charge or the call to the congregation or some part of that installation service for every ministry we've been in. Mm. And um, I remember, so we have this friendship and then I came on staff (laughs) in 2020 
And that we had to figure out our friendship again, didn't we? Why we <laughs> we, we had to figure had out some, our friendship. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, we yeah. took a ride on the struggle bus, y'all. Yes, we did. We took a ride on the struggle. What, what was the problem, y'all? Right. Inquiring minds want that. to know. <laughs> well, uh, well, why is why, and Kelly is Kelly. Amen. 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 I, I, yeah, I, I've learned a lot. I've just, I, I, yeah, I can get an edge. I can get, I, I can be overly sensitive. I can overthink stuff. Mm. And Kelly taught me to chill. <laughs> I had to chill. <laughs> Well, Kelly is so smart. There were parts of me that felt a little threatened by her, and I didn't know what to do. Oh man, oh man, this we, is good. We had to figure it out. We had to have a lot of a lot of meetings and kind of kind of redefine the relationship. And um, I think it was also hard for you, Mike, because it had just been you and Deneen and Alex, right? Very yeah. loosely, even for so long, and then you went from you went from one person to three people, then to five people, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of hard for you to 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 put your mind around that. And you know, we had to really work through uh, building trust for you to trust me oh, and for man, me to trust those you. Were hard. Those were hard. Yeah. It was, but look, look what God has done. Because look at it. <laughs> Somebody look, look, to, look turn to your neighbor and say, turn look, at to your na- <laughs> look at God. Look at God. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. will. Won't he will? <laughs> because, you know, you turn this corner and we're just this um, cheerleader and champion mm-hmm. of everything we were doing. And you would say, I, I don't really know how to, I don't know much about a podcast. I don't know about the social media stuff y'all talking about, but if it works and y'all are doing it, I'm happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there were many times why I would just say, I don't know, but if y'all, if, if y'all are good with it, I'm happy. And so it all made me nervous. Uh, but, so I, I had to, I had to trust you. I had to trust yeah. that God was putting this in into place, and you know, I mean, this is—we're talking one generation with with with, with Howard and Kelly, and then two generations right. with, with with Charles and Janelle, mm-hmm. and so I'm the old guy. So I don't know whether I'm whether it's generational or whether it's cultural, and I didn't know when to speak up, and that mm-hmm. it produced a lot of angst. <laughs> why, why? That sounds how some of our white brothers and sisters be talking when they say they got to be in community with black folk. There you go. Uh, and, and I think that's a, a, a word to, to all people, but especially our people, is that we got it's our, we got our own complications among African-Americans and understanding how to interact and to uh, be in community with each other, uh, particularly along generational lines. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a real interesting point you just brought up. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've just got to realize that God's got this. This is this is God's thing you know i mean i remember my parents thinking that the things that we did in the 60s was crazy because they were they were of a different generation yep. you know they totally different how we danced and and how we dressed and and our afros and all that stuff was threatening to them you said you weren't black you were black you yeah. had an afro there's your answer he was dancing there it go okay i'm sorry go ahead mm-hmm. he was a good dancer too oh well, y- y'all don't know why plays the bass 
What? Hold oh, on. Oh yeah, he absolutely black then. Ain't nothing blacker than a bass player. With an afro, yeah. With an afro, he can dance. With an afro, he can say. You asked him what race was he? Well, he played a bass. He got an afro and he can dance. I like Motown to me. That's a black man. Sound like a blackity black man to me. Go ahead, Mm You fit right in in Harlem. Now you ended up being an engineer, which just means you're smart. You a soul My. engineer. You a soul engineer. So. That's it. That's it. So okay, sorry, we did stupid. But why you you're saying you saw that your parents kind of didn't know what to do with your generation. Right. And I don't know what to do with the Texan generation and your language and your dress and the, 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 your clubs and ca- your karaoke and all the wait why you said your clubs what do you mean karaoke. you don't you don't be clubbing and going to karaoke and stuff wait they didn't do karaoke back in the day y'all probably did karaoke no nah, nah. y'all danced i they had, see a lot of us dancing we did. like That's we used true. to we karaoke we a lot of and we smoke hookah but we don't get out we don't dance that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is legal. Everything's good, y'all. Oh, it is? Everything's good. Yeah, it's Chris legal. Lego. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. <laughs> okay, so, so <laughs> why? So the point is that even in your, your, um, your senior years as a leader in this denomination, um, I'm just trying to let folks know how much trust and um, how brave you were to work with four people younger than yourself, so much younger than yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And though it was difficult and we certainly hit our bumps that you um, stuck in there and you, uh, you came along and um, you didn't just throw your hands up and resign. You actually encouraged and um, championed us and what we were trying to do and the different things. And yes. so, you know, you, you've, you often tout all the different things that have happened under you know for each one of us but the truth is we couldn't have done any of that without um your leadership and your support um Mm -hmm. in the past uh you know two and a half years so you deserve so much honor why absolutely you deserve so much recognition for what you've done um and your role is changing now you're still with mna but you are going to be doing something else. Tell us what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Hope, I hope to be coming under uh, coaching services uh, as a coaching associate. And uh, there is professional training uh, for coaches, and I intend to take that. And to help uh, help our African-American brothers and white brothers uh, in their role as church planters or even as pastors, mm-hmm. I hope to increase the, um, the, the the views on coaching for pastors. I don't think we have a very good view on what coaching actually is. And I'm learning it myself as I'm reading books on coaching. I'm learning, oh, this is a vital role. This is, this is kind of like discipleship mm-hmm. or at least helping people understand how the Holy Spirit is working in their lives. So mm-hmm. it's a new discovery. Mm-hmm. For me, and right. it's a new role for me that I look forward to uh, to stepping into. Mm-hmm. That's good. They're yeah, get, they're getting the jewel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And Thank I can't imagine it. how much you're going to be drawing from, like how many past experiences and mm-hmm. people you've talked to, and just places you've been, and roles that you have filled um, that you will use to exercise those coaching gifts in an amazing amazing way so mm-hmm. we're gonna stay tuned with what you yes, got going are. on you already know 
Yeah, so, thanks to know. And you about to um you about to do something that I've never heard you do. You trying so, to act like God all these years. I ain't never heard that you were taking a break. I did hear that. Yes. Uh, I've never taken a real break. The longest mm-hmm. vacation I've ever taken has been two weeks. Lord have mercy. I went on a cruise. Um, that was the longest I've ever taken off. Mm. I didn't realize how driven I was <laughs> until mm. I realized I don't have to work anymore. Skipping <laughs> 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 down the street. Skipping <laughs> down the street. my life, I realized yeah. that. Well, don't rub it in while I got to work some more. Less of us got to work right, some man. more. You ain't paid Keep your living. dues. Yeah. Right. You right. You right. You right. I'm looking. I'm looking up to you. I'm looking mm-hmm. up. To you. We got to keep living, Charles. That's so you're good. gonna take a Our bit of a break. Time. I'm gonna take a bit of a break and um, couple and then, months, right? Well, uh, yes. Te- 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 technically, uh, I'm, I get one month vacation. Okay, that's one month vacation. That, that, that is what I get. But I'm so summer tends to be kind of low key. Okay, so I'm just gonna kind of low key it uh, for uh, June, July, and August. So don't you're not gonna use kind of get back in the groove in September. You're not going to do like a lot of other PCA pastors use a study leave. Um, I actually don't well have a study leave as part of my call. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's for pastors. Mm-hmm. All right. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Who are so, pastoring churches. I know. But if you had to study leave, you might be to piece something together along. Why are you telling yes. the secrets, man? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Read a couple books, you know. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but I'm just really proud of you and excited for you to take at least four weeks to just after over 20 years to mm-hmm. just get you, get you your rest, uh, be reminded that you are a son of God, loved, valued, and mm-hmm. just a, a child of the King and recenter um, your drivenness towards the Lord. That's our prayer for you. Why? And uh, as y'all are listening to this, and you hear all these great things about why and you want to email him to help you do XYZ, leave him alone. <laughs> leave him alone until at least that. the beginning of September. Let mm-hmm. our friend, let our brother, let our father have his rest um, mm-hmm. and enjoy his family and get renewed and refreshed before he jumps back in. Y'all can email him in September, but just pray for him until then. Amen. 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 I heard that. I mean, shout <laughs> out, you. shout out to Dr. Barbara Peacock doing spiritual guidance and pouring in our lives and wise life, my life. I just appreciate this uh, black woman's ministry in our lives, Mm -hmm. giving us soul care. And um, so why please rest my brother rest and renew. Good work. That's good. That's good. Why? Thank you for sharing a little bit of the backstory, reminiscing a little bit and giving us more of an insight and the listeners more of an insight of what things have been like for you during your time with AAM. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, but you're not leaving your role vacant. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have, there's someone coming yep. to fill your shoes. Hey, what size man. you wear? Why? The ram in the bush. <laughs> the, in amen, the, bush. Amen. the Lord will provide. Amen, the Lord will amen. provide. <laughs>